This, this is the Second Second Story Podcast. Hello listeners, welcome back to Second Story. Today on the program is Nick Ward, veteran company member and co-director of education at Second Story. What happens when we find ourselves displaced, drifting from one community and in search of another? How do we facilitate new relationships, especially when we're lonely and sweaty with desperation? How hard is it just to make a new friend? Second Story presents a man in search of deep connection and pixies. Recorded live at University of Chicago on April 8th, 2015, Nick Ward. I'm on Van Buren, in the loop, trudging to the blue line from Lollapalooza when the man approaches. Years later, I will imagine he watched from afar, following me, seeking out what he must have thought was a kindred spirit. And how are you tonight? He asks, sidling up on my left. I raise an eyebrow, but keep walking. I'm fine, I say reluctantly. From Grant Park, I can still hear the sounds of the festival fading as we walk. The L rumbles over our heads the way it always does in this city. The scene is like all those movies where Chicago looks perfect. But I've had an unsuccessful day, and I'm a little drunk, and a lot sweaty, and my feet stink, and I just want to go home to my couch and my roommates and a book. I'm not in the mood for chit-chat with a stranger. Do you uh, know where Berlin is, he asks. Yeah, I know Berlin, I say. I'm working my first real job as a server at a fine dining restaurant in River North. I go pretty much anywhere with my coworkers, attempting to kickstart my life in Chicago. I don't think much of the question until later, when I wonder, why did he ask about Berlin? To discern my sexuality? To see if I was down? The Harold Washington Library is across the street, the sun rippling over its red bricks, and I direct him to the red line, and from there to the club, quietly congratulating myself on passing the test of a true Chicagoan, giving someone directions. But as I cross with the light towards Dearborn, he's still at my shoulder, keeping pace with me. Nah, I say, you need to go that way. The station's just over there. Wait a minute, he says, and I stop, facing him for the first time. He's a white guy, a little shorter than me, a tad older, balding with spectacles. I'm not sure what to do. May I help you, I ask? He takes a deep breath. Don't judge, he says, and then he poses the most surprising question I have ever heard. This all happened a decade ago when I'd first moved to Chicago. I was 24 years old, head completely shaved, and I possessed a fantastically vague vision for the person I wanted to become. A gregarious, intellectual artist who investigates the mysteries of the universe with like-minded people, preferably over beers. But I didn't know how to achieve that. I didn't connect with my coworkers. I hadn't taken acting classes or been in a play. And meeting people is fucking hard. If you didn't have whatever community brought you into this room, would you guys find other people easily? I wouldn't. I should clarify, I wasn't friendless. I'd moved here with my four best friends from college, two couples that are still my closest companions today. But after living together in Chicago for a year, after they all got engaged and began planning their lives, I realized my friends and I were, shockingly, different people. 
We envisioned opposite lives for ourselves, held separate values sacred, immersed in the culture of the city along parallel avenues. And that's okay. It's healthy to cultivate networks of friends with different ideologies and lifestyles. People who are teachers or office workers, who own real estate and start families before they turn 30, who believe in different gods or gods at all, who might actually, and I'm serious about this, lean Republican. But at the time, I was devastated to discover my friends didn't want to share my sacred experiences with me. I'm not spending my weekend sweaty and gross and outside, no thank you, said Betsy, camped out on the couch watching Queer Eye for the straight guy and painting her nails. Dude, said Will, sweeping the floor of our kitchen, I only get the weekend to spend time with Betsy. I listen to country music, said Matt, smoking cigarettes in our backyard with Stephanie. We don't know any of those bands, she added. You don't know the Pixies, I asked. I play them all the time. Nick, Stephanie said. Nobody in this apartment cares about the Pixies like you do. And so, if they didn't want to connect with me over the music that I loved, my arrogance was astonishing. I'd have to find someone else. Isn't that why I moved to Chicago? To meet new people? If I could talk to my 24-year-old self, there are so many things I would say. I would tell him that outdoor festivals, these vast and intricate cities of beer and porta-potties and music stages where the bands receive little time to set up or sound check, where the sounds float into the air rather than to the audience, where the festival goers jockey for their own space on the grass, fortifying their land with blankets or lawn chairs, or that one designated person who remains rooted to the same spot while everyone else gets refreshments. These weekends are the worst places to meet people, especially if you're by yourself. And that for most everybody else, music doesn't investigate the mysteries of the universe. It just gives them something to talk about. You'd have better luck throwing yourself in Lake Michigan and hoping a Pixies fan rescues you. I arrive early. At noon when the park opens and realize I'm one of the first attendees. I'm not good at fashionably late. I'm actually really uncool. I drink some beer, eat a hot dog, watch bands by myself, and graze around until 3 p.m. I spot a group of eight. Six girls and two boys lounging under a grove of trees by the Rose Garden south of Buckingham Fountain, stretched out on the grass. The clock is ticking on the day. If I'm to accomplish anything, it has to happen now. I linger along the periphery of their camp. I don't know how to begin. Would you like to investigate the mysteries of the universe with me? Might be a little too heavy. Hi, I say, affecting a persona like I'm about to tell them the specials at my restaurant. I'm here by myself. You want to hang out? A white girl in a green dress raises her sunglasses and takes me in. I'm wearing a white shirt, already drenched in sweat, cargo shorts, and white socks up to my knees. I want to assure her that I'm not trying to pick her up, that I like girls, but I'm here to meet people generally, but even still, if we connected and then made out later, that'd be cool too. <laughs> yeah, she says, I don't really think so. I try a group of bros and backwards baseball caps. I like sports almost as much as I like music. Maybe I can connect with them. But they wave me along too. The third time is a charm. Yeah, sure, a guy with floppy blonde hair and a large amorphous crew of hipsters says, have a seat. 
We make introductions and talk about the festival, who we've seen, who we're excited to see. But after those pleasantries, I have no inroads. They all seem to know each other really well. They have quirks and idiosyncrasies and a group rhythm I don't understand. I could float in their orbit all afternoon. But we're never going to be friends. Not really. I don't know what I was thinking. Why I thought I could build a lifetime of connection in a single afternoon. I watch the Pixies by myself. On a hill overlooking the crowd, the mass of bodies swaying, the August sun setting against the Field Museum. Stunning. A sea of people, but I can't share this moment with anyone. I haven't met a single person. Until this slightly shorter, slightly older, balding man approaches me on my way to the train. May I help you? I ask. We're standing at the corner of State and Van Buren, the library at my back, sun uh, rippling over its red bricks. He takes a deep breath. Don't judge, he says. But if someone were to offer you $40 to lick and suck your feet for 15 minutes, what would you say? I would say no. I say immediately, I don't want to get my feet sucked by this guy. That's gross, and my feet are gross, and I don't care what he likes to do or who he likes to do it with, but no, ooh, not me. Move along. <laughs> Come on, he says. It's only a couple of minutes. My place is right around the corner. We don't even have to go in. We can just stay in the hallway. I'll give you the money up front. I take a step back, slowly, putting my hand out in front of me like I need to preserve our distance. The guy looks tired. His eyes sag a little behind his glasses. Perspiration falls down his forehead, shoulders stooped. How long has he been talking to people on the street? How many times has he been denied? Does he feel like the world doesn't understand him? Like it never will? It occurs to me that we might be mirror images of each other, two lonely men looking for the same thing. He takes a deep breath again. It looks like he's about to cry. $40 for 15 minutes, he says. All you have to do is stand there. Please? I open my mouth to respond, and in that instant, time crystallizes, and I feel everything so acutely. The L train flashing sparks over our heads, the day's beer gurgling in my belly, the sweat trickling down the crevices of my skin. Let the world judge his advances as weird or other. I don't care. This is my chance to share an experience with someone, to boldly throw myself into a new adventure. I can't, I say. I'm sorry. He's making a transaction, not a connection. I take a few steps backwards, turn on my heels, and then I'm gone bounding towards the blue line, sprinting for the train as it reaches the station towards my roommates and our couch at home.
Nick's story was recently published in Volume 1 Brooklyn. This performance of it was curated by Jess Kadish. He was directed by Stephanie Chavera, and the sound design was by me. Second story is supported in part by the Chicago Community Trust, the MacArthur Funds for Arts and Culture at the Richard H. Treehouse Foundation, the Gaylord and Dorothy Donnelly Foundation, a City Arts Grant from the City of Chicago Department of Cultural Affairs and Special Events, the Arts and Business Council of Chicago, the Arts Work Fund for Organizational Development, and many generous individuals like you. If you'd like to make a contribution to Second Story, you can visit our website at secondstory.com. Don't forget to rate us and leave a comment on iTunes. My name is Nick Kawahara. This, this is the Second, Second Story Podcast.